Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Talk with Joe Meyer. I'm your host, Joe Meyer. Glad to be here with you tonight, again, or wherever you're at, you know. Um, so thank you for being here. I just want to be a little bit more consistent with my, you know, my pods. I know I don't do these every day. I, I, my habit's been I'm doing it every couple weeks. Um, just because of time, but, and and sometimes I just don't have a lot to talk about, you know, things of that importance. I probably am not a very good podcaster. So, you know, there are podcasters who do podcasts probably every single day and I do them every couple weeks and it's just one, you know? So, um, really the, the, the podcasts are meant for myself as much as they are for you. And sometimes it's just time that gets to me. Sometimes I'm just tired. And sometimes I just feel like I don't have enough to offer my audience, you know. So, uh, you know, it's okay. Hopefully you take this podcast, you listen to it, you hear what I have to say, you digest the information that I'm talking about, you know, everything that I go through. Hopefully it kind of, you can relate to it in some degree or another wherever you're at. But to get started, let's get started with um, just kind of our, our little theme to start with. This one's one of my favorite artists that I tend to like to use, um, Dokken. And um, they're an old hair band. Uh, I mean, I don't know if they're still around, but they I do listen to their music quite regularly on, um, you know, they listen on classic rock or, you know, hair bands. I listen on Sirius XM. So I like them, but let's just start. We'll just listen to that in the background, right? All right. (laughs) So, what is this about, right? I don't know. Dreams, right? And there's all these different ideas of dreams, right? Is it the physical dream when you go to sleep at night and you dream or you have a nightmare? Is it your dreams of, 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 you know, becoming something um, in life and what you want to accomplish Well, there's both kinds of dreams, I guess, right? You know, well, let's just start with the dreams that when you're just sleeping, right? And it can also be a nightmare, right, too. I dream a lot. (laughs) I don't know. Um, And sometimes I don't know if it's just that um, because I take a lot of multivitamins, if something just kind of chemically happens into my mind at that point where I just go into this deep sleep and I just start dreaming and I get some weird dreams. Um, Some of them are, you know, um, 
I'll tell you one recent one that was pretty scary. And I am, you know, I, I don't know what it meant, but, um, so one dream was about me. If I remember correctly, I believe I was dead to be honest. So that's not a good thing. Uh, or I was about to die. And, um, and I was being asked to get into this elevator, right? I guess the elevator to heaven. I, I don't know what it was. <laughs> and there were a bunch of people in there. And But before I went, I, I tearfully said I don't want to go because I don't want to leave my daughter behind. I don't want, and my daughter was only eight. I said, please don't take me now. My daughter's only eight. She needs me. Please don't take me. And I don't know who that was who was controlling the, the gates of, you know, pushing the people in the elevator. Um, but they didn't care. So they just pushed me in there, the doors closed, and boom, I was gone, right? Um, that was pretty freaky. Yeah, that I don't know what that meant, right? And um, so try to interpret dreams, you know, and then there's things, there's a lot of things on the internet that you can interpret. Um, I can even put like elevator to... I don't know. Elevator to heaven. I don't know. So let's 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 look in the dreams about elevators. Just in general, right? Let's see what that means, because some of these are interesting. I think so, anyways. But don't I don't put too much, um, too much science into it. <laughs> um, so it says rising in an elevator and escalator can represent progress or growth on a physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual level. Okay. Rising above life circumstances or coming out of a period of depression. If I was going down in an elevator, feeling a powerlessness, feeling trapped, bravely descending into unconscious to confront its contents. Wow. That's, that's, so, uh, you know, I remember the elevator going, you know, down. But one of the things that, um, that I do remember that I felt like I was, I was felt like I was dying because I was never going to see my daughter again. Right. Um, so kind of death when it comes to death and dreams, death of yourself. If you are the person who has died in your dream, this could mean a number of things. Let's see. Let's see what it could mean. Uh, trying to find some meanings here. So seeing your own death is quite common dream. It marks new beginnings, the death of your old self, self-development. Some of part of your personality dies. You may have this dream when you are sick. It means that you are starting to heal. If you have this dream when you have a lot of stress, it means that that stress will end soon and you'll feel better or that a heavy load you've been carrying for a long time will soon fall off your shoulders. Have you ever heard that dreams have the opposite meaning? This dream can be a good example. Some cultures believe... That if you die in your dreams, it foreshadows a long life. Psychologically, this dream can also mean that you're very concerned about your health. Maybe you have a bad habit or are deliberately doing something that has a devastating effect on your health. These thoughts and feelings are then projected into your dreams. Right? So, again, it could be me, you know, the elevator was going up. I was ascending, right? I was ascending into something, um... But I knew deep down in my dream I was going to die because I was saying, well, I guess that's what I thought. I mean, um, let me see what it means to um, a dream about leaving a child behind. Different dreams here. Let's see. Dreams meaning leaving child behind. What does a dream do? Let's see if I can find it here. Behind dream. 
Let's see. So many different interpretations. <laughs> Let's see if I can find one that gives me a good answer. So this one says, this interpretation says, uh, come on, got pop-ups here. Stupid pop-ups. Um, stop. This, so it says, this does sound like an astonishing dream and it could be to do with anxieties that you might have deep down about separating from your daughter. Perhaps she's recently started school or a new phase in her life where she's becoming more independent and whether consciously or not, you are struggling to accept the new development. Another interpretation may be centered on your, uh, may not be centered on your daughter at all. As you probably know, sometimes your dream characters are just symbols of um, other people's issues. So your dream daughter may represent someone in your walking life, uh, waking life, excuse me. So this might be leaving a job, an older relative might be leaving you, or you may not be cared for properly. You might be worried about your own separation from another loved one. Um, so different, different interpretations, right? And um, it's kind of hard to say. You know, they could mean all of those things in some degree or another. But, you know, dreams, right? Um, even one last night, I, I only remember part of it because it, I, I remember um, we have this car that my mom had left us when she passed in 2015. It was just her Kia and we, we have it. It's my wife's car. And um, I, in the dream, there was some cash on the, on the seat, right? And... Um, I, it's like I could see in my dream, I saw somebody go to the car and break the window to try to get the cash. But when in my dream, when I went to the car, the, bro the window wasn't broken. Nothing, no one had taken the cash. So I don't know what that means either. <laughs> Some of these are strange, right? I don't know. We all have different, we all have different dreams, you know. But, um... Yours could be very different, you know. Um, some have nightmares, some have scary things that happen to them. I don't know. You know, I, I've been meaning to write down all my dreams. I think that's important. I think we should do that, right? And and kind of just study them a little bit. What is our mind trying to tell us? What is it what is it trying to do? Um what's it trying to work out? Because I believe the mind when we sleep, that is how our minds work out situations, works out Things that we're trying to work through in our life, whether it's a new job, whether it's feelings, whether it's, you know, relationships, whether it's ideas. And, you know, that's the importance of sleep, right? And um, dreams is such an important aspect in life. You know, there's movies about it. There's books. Um, and I think dreams can be a, a good way to foretell or tell a story. You know, um, you know, obviously one of the most, you know, two famous examples I can think of that deal with dreams, right? Um, I think it's Inception with Leonardo DiCaprio. That's a, a movie about dreams. I know there's more. And then on the horror side, there's um, Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Just to name two of them. I know there's a lot more out there, so don't get me wrong. But just to name two of those, right? And the importance of dreams and what, what effect they have over us, right? Um, I haven't seen Inception for a few years. I, that movie... Excuse me. That movie is quite interesting, you know? Um, I, 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 you know, being that you can... I think basically they go back into the person's mind and they can adjust things <laughs> you know i don't know um that would be interesting to be able to to do that and I'm, i don't know if people can it's not really a science so <laughs> um you know uh what else well nightmare on elm street is probably the one classic example of when freddy krueger has the ability to go into your dreams and kill you in your sleep right and that's probably the one fear that most of us tend to have right is 
dying in our sleep. Who wants that to happen? And it's debatable what Nightmare on Elm Street film is the best. I like most of them, you know. I, I don't know if there's one that's just worse. You know, I think, that, oh, one's worse than the other. No, I don't think so, right? Um, the one I think, I don't know. The, you can't go wrong with the original. The original is the original with um, Johnny Depp. You know, that one's nice. And um, But I like number three. And I think that has Patricia Arquette in there. And I think that was her first role um, in there. But again, many different ones. Um, you know. Um, really make up the importance of dreams, right? So I would love to hear what your dreams are about. You know, I may not understand them. I, you know, they may be completely out there, but your mind is trying to tell you something, right? So there's those type of dreams, right? And then there's the dream dream where you're dreaming of accomplishing something, right? You're dreaming of a certain future. You're dreaming of getting somewhere in life. You know, um, those are incredible dreams as well, right? And, um... As a blogger, somebody who blogs, you know, um, I, I blog in my personal blog. I also blog on an, um, another blog that's called, um, let me get the name of it first because I, I tend to forget sometimes. Um, it's called My Need to Live and it's a blog. It's also like a website, but it's my lead to live and that there's multiple blogs on there. And, you know, I write a lot about different things. I write about my life. I write about, you know, health. I write about, you know, um, just today I wrote about um, for that blog I wrote. Let's see. What was the name of that title? Can you really be anything you set your mind to? Right. And something I think about, you know, because and it's not meant to be a negative kind of blog. It's one that I feel that sometimes we're lied to, honestly. I think sometimes I think as parents and parents and people in society tend to want to make us all believe that the sky's the limit and you could do or be whatever you want. But the reality is, in my opinion, and this is my opinion, that it's not true, you know? If I really want to be a doctor, could I be a doctor? Some of you out might be, yeah, Joseph, you want to be a doctor, go ahead. You have to go to school. You have to study hard. You have to have money to for tuition. You know, it's going to take time and it's going to take a lot of hard work. But if it's worth it, you can do it, right? To a certain degree, yes. But what if I'm not really great at science? What if I'm not really great at math, biology, chemistry, physics, whatever? What if those are like subjects that I just cannot grasp? Does that mean I could still be a doctor? Some of you out there may say, yeah, Joseph, you can, but it's going to take a lot of work. You know, it's going to take a lot of understanding, time. And I'll say this. There's going to be a certain point for all of us that we just give up and we're like, this is not for me. This is too much. And you may say, well, maybe that dream is not worth it for you. And maybe it isn't. Who knows? I just know that each of us has our own abilities, has our own talents, has um, different things that we're great at. Things that, that we know within ourselves that we can accomplish. Now... Certain things we know that we may not be great at, but we can get better and we can improve and we can be successful at because of our own abilities, our own current abilities, right? Um, it's just like if I want to say, oh, I want to be an astrophysicist, you know, and, you know, and I, I'm like, well, I really have never studied physics I don't know how, what physics is. I don't know how it works. I don't, I, I, the, the, the last math that I took in high school was probably algebra. 
<laughs> so, you know, uh, and it wasn't even college prep. It was just basic algebra, you know. So it, math and science were never my strongest points. But I, I'm just using those as an example, right? Um, my dream in high school for particularly was, you know, to be a marine biologist. I, I loved, you know... There's a few things I've always loved in life. Um, I love movies. And if I had the creative acumen to be in movies or do something creatively in that way, I probably would have loved to go to school for that. Filmmaking, primarily, right? But it's kind of like, well, you know, you have a very slim chance of becoming a filmmaker. There are literally thousands, thousands, millions of people trying to break into that business. And you have a a point zero 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 one percent one chance of getting in. But if you do get in, you've made it, right? Um film Theater, Broadway, you know, all those creative arts, you know, uh, there's a lot of talented people, right? Yeah, and, and they all started somewhere. You know, I believe that. But somebody, in my, my belief, somebody had to give them a chance. Something, somebody had to see something in them to say, hey, you know what? You're special. You have a gift. You either look really nice, you have a strong voice, you can dance, you can do this. But there's just something about them that makes them unique, right? If you were to look at me, I don't look very unique. I look like an average Joe. An average Joe. So who's going to want me in the film? Now, there's other, th- there's other jobs in film. Don't get me wrong. The other areas that I've always, I find a great interest in is um, uh, when I was watching this um, series show on TV. It was called Face Off. And it's about makeup artists. And those makeup artists are so incredibly talented. Some of the things that they create out of their minds and they put together with latex and paint and uh, all these different contraptions and it's just like, it blows my mind. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And that's that would be something that I would be interested in as well, you know? Um, but grow, going back to when I was in high school, for instance, right? My dream was to be in some type of um, work with the ocean, marine biologists, but anything really. Um, I wasn't really interested in joining the Navy, although if I, if, if I had been guided towards that direction early in life by family or friends, or I probably would have taken it. But I'm not going to say that the Navy or the military is something that you should go in lightly or just because. You, you have to be physically prepared. And I don't think I was, okay? I was a chunkster. I was a chunky, right? And to this day, I still am to a certain degree. But I'm losing weight. I'm working on it. But back then in high school, I was not thin, okay? I wasn't huge either. I just wasn't thin. I wasn't in shape. Um, even in, even when I did track and field, it, it wasn't like I was the best. I wasn't even striving to be the best. I was just being there because I loved running. And I still do to this day. You know, I do it almost every day, you know. Um, and it, it makes me feel good to get out there in, in the sun and run around, right? And, but back in high school when I did track and field, you know, I did um, cross country. And I was probably one of the slower ones, of course. It took me... To run the three miles, it took me about 30, 34 minutes, I believe. That was way too slow <laughs> to run three miles, right? Um, I think the average mile, if, you, if you're really good at it, I would say a pretty good mile is about eight minutes. So I should have finished that I should have finished that three mile race within about 24, 25 minutes. No way. You know. 
So I was just too slow. And, and part of it was because, yeah, did I train on a regular basis? Yes, I did. But I was just too slow. I was chunkster, too slow. I carried too much weight. And those who are in shape, who have a very low body fat, can move a lot quicker, move a lot better. And I just, that wasn't me. Those, those are some of my fondest memories back in high school of running. And some of the other fondest ones, partly, was, you know, being a part of teams. I was a team manager. I guess you could call us a water boy. Um, but I liked it, you know. I liked it. Again, I, I wasn't very athletic. So, <laughs> other than that. Um, but going back to my dreams back then, you know, um, I didn't have a lot. You know, while students my age were dreaming about, oh, I'm going to be this or that, or I'm going to be that, um, it felt like my mind was just one big cloud. Like, I really didn't know what direction I wanted to take. And that's because, I'm sorry to say, I didn't have a lot of people in my life trying to point me in any directions or trying to guide me. Big mistake for somebody who, at that early age, you know, um, the other thing that I love to do, and I, I still love it today, as you can see, is I love writing. You know, I love writing, creative writing. I blog. I, I'm writing my book, or I should say, I'm editing my book as we speak. Almost done with editing it. Then I'm going to go back and do it again and again and perfect it and perfect it. Because each time the book is slightly changing, and I think it's getting better, but I'm not about to give it up yet. I spent a lot of time on this book. So, um, and then turn it into a big blockbuster, you know, <laughs> and then write another book and another book and write a movie and, and, you know, who knows, right? Um, but back to what I was saying earlier about my blog, can you really be anything you set your mind to? And it sounds kind of cynical as far as a question, but the truth is, no, I don't believe you can, you know? We all have the ability to apply ourselves, apply our minds to, to do things. But sometimes our minds do not bend a certain way, you know. And, um, and that's something we all have to realize early on, right. Sometimes they just don't bend the way we hope, you know. So what do we do from that point on? Well, we have to keep discovering. We have to self-reflect. We have to uh, attempt to, you know, definitely work towards what's going to, what's going to lead us towards something that is going to make us overall happy in our life, you know, which is not an easy thing to discover for anybody, for that matter. <laughs> um, so I'm still trying to discover that. Now, in my life, I work in you know, software, right? Um, and even that job's hard, but I, I like it right now, you know? I'm, I'm learning, learning from it, you know? Um, but anyways, who knows, right? what will happen, you know, in the future or, or, you know, who knows in general, but. So next thing we're going to do, let's play that next song, right? And this one is by a group called Skid Row. All right. Another hair band. I told you I like hair bands. So let's listen to it and see what you guys think. And then we'll discuss a little and just, just kind of what, what this song brings up for me, okay? Cry, they call my name. 
And I was just reading the lyrics, you know. They're really nice <laughs> lyrics. This song. When, when was this song created? Nineteen eighty-nine, November, and it doesn't really say why they wrote this song, but let's see. And it's talking about making memories, and one one of the comments by vocalist Sebastian Bach commented. I Remember You was the number one prom song in the United States. In the United States of America in the year 1990, you talk about making memories. Literally the whole country of America did their prom dance to I Remember You one year. And that that's a really heavy memory to beat. The song also appears in the film adaption of Rock of Ages. Right? So just a... Just a uh, you know, and I think about this song, you know, looking at it now, looking at the lyrics, I think of, you know, my wife when I first met her, right? I think of, you know, oh, I always love her, love her to this day, right? And... And just thinking about our time together when we were first meeting and the hardships that we've gone through, but our love prevailed. I was, a, I was a real mess back then when I first met her in 2008. She was the first and only woman who ever really truly loved me and still loves me today. And throughout high school and prior to meeting her, I was searching. I was searching and searching and searching for love. I was searching for companionship. I was searching for somebody to spend time with me. And women just said, no, not interested. You're ugly, you're fat, whatever. I don't know if they didn't actually say that to my face, but in reality, I know that they thought that. I wasn't good enough for them. And really, I should say, fuck them. Fuck them, right? Who cares? That's the attitude I should really have about that. Where are they today? Probably fat or dead, right? Who knows, right? But anyways, hope, I, I wish nothing on those women who, who turned me down, who treated me like trash, who, 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 who made me feel like I was worthless. Because we all have them. We all have those people in our life. And for my wife, you know, 2008, when I first met her, the first woman who ever really paid attention to me, you know, I, you know, you just feel like you're Superman or Superwoman when you meet that special person, right? And you just remember those times and you think about, um, those times and then you compare it to years later and I know it's not the same sometimes I know not every relationship is in the honeymoon phase so to speak every year or every day I wish it was you know and does that mean I love my wife less no absolutely not I love her more than the day I met her I'm not perfect there's parts of me that's changed drastically over the years drastically and part of what's changed me is hardships and and struggles and trying to live out my dreams as much as I can and try to be a supportive husband and father and part of that I failed I failed and, and I fail daily sometimes because there's things my daughter needs or my wife needs and I'm not always there I'm physically here, but I'm not always there. You know, 
I will always physically try to be there for them. Do everything in my power to be there physically. And, But there's times where I'm not emotionally there. I'm not there when they talk to me. And maybe that's part of life. Maybe that, maybe that maybe that's not natural for for and it's not again it's not because I don't love my family I do but I think a lot I feel like mentally I'm in a whole nother world sometimes where I'm just thinking about different things planning trying to make things better in our life in every aspect whether it's financially um, whether it's physically where we live whether it's just making sure that everyone is provided for, you know? That's what I really try to do. And it's not easy. You know? Would I like everything to be lovey-dovey and, 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 and like that? Of course I would. Right? I, I, I don't know. I, you know, I hope so, you know, I, I, I really do. That That's what I work towards, you know. But anyways, it's something I struggle with, you know, struggle with trying to, when I wake up every morning, remember to tell my wife, my daughter, I love them. I support them. I, I know they know it, but we need to say it. We need to say it more. I was recently watching this movie. Um, last week I visited my sister. And we were watching a movie called Nobody with Bob Obendeck. I'm pronouncing his name wrong. Basically, Better Call Sal, <laughs> guy from there. And um, he has a family, very nice house. I don't, I'm not sure where he lives. Um, but, you know, there's a part of the movie, and I'm not going to spoil it for anybody watching it. But part of the movie is that husband and wife is, you know, they're, 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 they're not connected. You know, they're not connected and he's there physically, but he's not there mentally. And it's kind of reminds me a lot of me because um, it's kind of like he goes running. He takes out the garbage. He makes his breakfast. He, you know, does all goes to work every day. He does all those things. Right. Um, And but it takes a real. It takes something really big to happen in his life um, for him to change, you know. And again, I'm not going to spoil the movie, right? Um, it, it's just it's it's one that I would recommend we all you all watch if you ever get the chance, right? <laughs> so, um, but watch it, and something that I have to work towards. Myself, you know? To be better. Now, what's going on in my life right now, right? Well, I have work from home, right? Um, I'm teaching at night. So that's still pretty much part of my life, of course. You know, um, taking on new projects. Taking on new challenges. Um, And it's tough at times. You know, it really is. And sometimes I'm stressed. Sometimes I question myself. Sometimes I question my abilities. Uh, I fail. I feel like a failure. You know. I feel like for the rug to... The rug will be pulled out under me. You know... Eventually, that's what I feel like on a daily basis sometimes. I worry for my wife working, you know, 
She works in fast food. You know, um, it's not, it's not the, the best environment, right? I want something better for her. Something better. And I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping she can find something new this year, right? Her, her days are long. You know, she, physically she does her best. She works hard. She, she handles piece of shit customers every single day. But the job is beneath her, in my opinion. Now, I'm not saying that there's nothing wrong with working in fast food. But those jobs are never meant to be long term. You know, I, I always believe that those jobs were meant to be short term, less than a year, maybe at the most. Not two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twenty, forty, sixty years. Those jobs are, are you know, in my opinion, they, they just dangle the carrot in front of you. Say, yeah, we're going to give you something. Here you go. Here's a here's a, a supervisor position. Doesn't mean a jack shit. Doesn't mean anything. It's nice to look on your resume. Oh, you are a manager at so-and-so. Fast food. Putting the fast food name in there, right? Doesn't mean anything, right? They have 18-year-olds as managers there now, right? But anyways, I digress. (laughs) Oh, man. So, taking this time today... To talk to you guys, have a, a conversation, get my voice out there. Um, one thing I just um, try to do is relax, sleep, get enough rest. Um, right now my wife is at work, it's my daughter. And do a little bit of writing, do a little bit of blogging, do a little bit of podcasting um, to try to bide the time. And watching some TV, maybe, you know, read a little bit. And my mind is always going. My morning starts early. So today, and mostly every day, I try to do my my exercise first thing in the morning. Get that out of the way, right? So that way I can continue my weight loss journey. You know, I lose about two pounds a week. And I'm going to continue that. Continue working hard at that. And by July, I will probably hopefully look like a new person. (laughs) But the part is still there. The mind is still there. The physical, the emotional part is still there. That takes time, right? Other than that, hopefully everybody is doing well out there. We're not out of the woods yet, folks, with the pandemic and everything. People are still still dying. People are still getting sick, you know. And again, I'm not saying this to strike fear in anybody. I'm saying this... um, because it's not over. Is it going to be over this year? No. Is it going to be over next year? No. You know? We have this country tearing each other apart. We have a government, I believe, that just hates its own people, constituents, that, that you know, people vote for them and go out there and spread lies, spread hate, of their own. People who represent this country do that every day. My opinion, they're traitors. You know? Now, are they entitled to their opinion like you and me? Of course they are. But they represent a state. They represent a country. They represent you know, your local areas. People that you put into power. 
And it's just disgusting the way they act, right? Killings are on the rise by police, you know? I know we need them. I know there's good cops and bad cops. There's just like anything else, right? But police have a lot of protection. They are protected of the wazoo, you know? Protected from, you know, any kind of liability, you know? So they know, deep down, a cop knows that they kill somebody, most likely they're going to get off, right? They have the protection because it's going to be justified that, hey, they're just doing a tough job. Their life was threatened. Whether they have a gun or not, giving them the power to just kill and shoot. Ask questions later, right? Change needs to happen, most definitely. I agree. I definitely agree to that. But how and when? Should they be forced to change? Or should you give them the chance? Because many times you give them the chance and this is all across the board, whether police or any kind of government agency or anything else. Are they going to change? They could. Do they want to change? Maybe not. Maybe they like the way things are. Maybe they like being able to have immunity from killing people, innocent people at times, right? Would I feel safer if I was a cop and I had immunity if I killed somebody? Probably. Would I feel less concerned if I had to shoot somebody that I wouldn't, you know, get me thrown in jail? Yeah, of course. Right? But again, there are good police out there. There are police that go out there every day and serve and believe in serving the public for the good. And there are those out there who go and serve themselves, right? Who who decide I'm gonna take instead of give. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal, lie, cheat, do whatever it takes. Because that's what that's what criminals deserve, right? Criminals don't deserve kindness. Criminals don't deserve anything. And maybe they don't. You know, I, I believe that we all deserve some type of, you know, humility, right? But sometimes, you know, I can never speak on behalf of a police because I, I don't know a police. I've never worked in a police. You know, I'm sure, I, I know they have a tough job. I'm sure of it. But does that mean they, they have to be inhumane to, to the citizens who have done nothing wrong? I don't agree with that. You know, I really don't. But anyways, thank you for all of every one of you who listens to this podcast and hears my rants and raves and <laughs> and sometimes you probably listen to me and like I don't have time for this babble. I don't have time to listen to this guy and I'm sorry. I'm not here to waste your time. But I, I, I tell you from the beginning, everybody, I'm not Joe Rogan. I'm nobody. I really am. I'm nobody. I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a brother. I'm a worker. Somebody's just trying to put my voice out there so that one day, not just you, my wife, my daughter, can listen to it. Even I can listen to my words and listen to my thoughts and what I was thinking about that day. And I know my voice gets lost in the mix of millions of voices out there. You know, some... You know, but again, this is for myself. This is for you out there who choose to listen and thank you and be here with me. I'm going to end with this song. It's one of the songs I started with.
Thank you everyone for joining me once again for another pod with Just Talk with Joe Meyer. Thank you for blessing me with your time. Thank you for blessing me with being here in your in your home, wherever you put me. Thank you, everybody. Take care of yourself. Be safe. Wear a mask. Protect yourself. Be there for your family. And remember to live those dreams out. Go live them out. And never give up. Take care and God bless.